Welcome to the St. Melitis Lent Reflection. In this week's episode, Michaela Copsey, undergraduate formation group tutor, helps us to reflect upon the story of the woman at the well and how Jesus quenches our deep hunger, thirst and longings. Hello and welcome to this week's Lent Reflection. I want to share something I've been thinking about over these last weeks of Lent in regards to the longing of humanity. And it comes from the story where Jesus is meeting with the woman at the well, which we find in John chapter 4. So let's begin by reading that passage from verse 7 through to 15. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. And the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. All throughout the Gospels, we have stories about hunger and thirst, eating and drinking. To be human is to know the feeling, that feeling of need, the ache in our tummies or our throats that signals our continuous need for nourishment. Newborn babies cry out for their thirst to be quenched, sometimes even before they can open their eyes. Jesus himself at the start of this passage is resting at the well because he's tired and thirsty. To be human is to be caught up in the daily tasks of gathering water, collecting and preparing food, cleaning, sleeping, taking care of our bodies. Sometimes we miss the extent of this neediness when water flows freely from the taps in our homes and our fridges are stocked with such a variety that the uncertainty we face is more concerned with which meal we're going to eat rather than where our next meal is coming from. A few years ago, our family was living through a drought. The dams were dangerously low and water restrictions were enforced across the Western Cape of South Africa. Month by month, they became more restrictive until we were limited to just 50 litres per person per day. For context, in England, the average daily water usage at the moment is more like 150 litres. So during that time, our toilet systems were shut off permanently. We drained our, water mach- our washing machine with pipes into large storage buckets outside where we then had to scoop out the water into smaller buckets and carry them upstairs to flush toilets. We bathed our kids in a little inch or two of water in a bucket no more than once a week. Every home had buckets of slightly smelly, soapy water sitting around waiting to be reused. Eventually, all taps and malls and public places were turned off too and we grew closer and closer to what they called day zero. 
This was the name for the dreaded day where all running water would be completely shut off to residential areas and water would have to be collected from a communal location daily. A total logistical and hygienic nightmare, which we feared. As a community during those days, we knew longing. We thought about water, we talked about water, and we prayed desperately for rain to come to our dry and needy land. And I'll never view water the same again after that season of our lives. And my kids still can't seem to master the habit of flushing toilets. When Jesus strikes up a conversation with this woman at the well and offers her water that never runs out, I can fully appreciate her joyful response at such a gesture. Where do I get this water? Show me. I bet she's already imagined the am already imagining the burden of trekking out in the heat every day, lugging her heavy buckets of water back to her home just to survive, being satisfied once and for all. But Jesus isn't really talking about giving her more convenient access to running water. He's talking about something deeper in her life. An ache she feels but probably can't even articulate. A thirst she's likely been trying to quench in her own efforts, perhaps with the string of husbands she avoids mentioning. But here she is, a Samaritan woman on an ordinary day, doing her ordinary mundane tasks, and Jesus himself shows up. As her story intersects with his, she's not met with shame or judgment as she might have expected, but with redemption, the offer of living water forever, a love that can quench the deepest of longing in every human heart. And I wonder if there's a deeper longing in your heart, a thirst that nothing in this world world seems to quench. As a family, throughout the lockdown, we have established Friday night movie nights. Our kids are still fairly young, but we all needed something to look forward to and to help remind us what day of the week it is. A few weeks ago, we watched a film called Pete's Dragon. It was a lovely story about companionship between a boy and a dragon. But what we didn't realize upon showing this movie to our kids was the tragic opening scene with a little boy and his parents going on an adventure together are in a horrible car accident. The little boy boy crawls out alive and the parents die on impact. The scene is intended to be a bit of a backstory to fill in why this little boy ends up making the woods his home and the dragon his family. But understandably, it was was this initial scene was what my kids were still talking about when the credits came up at the end. This is not our kids' first encounter with death or loss. But still they were struck again by the sadness, the brokenness of a little kid like them without his parents, a sorrow they couldn't shake because even at their young age, they know that this is not how things were meant to be. And their questions turn towards God. Where is he in this sadness? How is this loss going to be remedied? When is Jesus coming back to heal the hurting, to make everything right? The human instinct is that we're made for love, not loss. And this grew in them a longing for Jesus, for his return, and for his redemption. The older I get, the more suffering I see and experience, the more my longing for Jesus grows too. The more I ache for him to come with his justice, peace, and redemption. When I'm busy and distracted, I don't always notice that dull ache. But when I'm still... When I pay attention to the thirst in my spirit, when I feel it in my very body, I'm not only more aware of the wrong in our world, 
but I'm more aware of my desire for Jesus, my need for his cross and resurrection, and to cling to that. St. Augustine, in his book Confessions, says it like this, He chose the wood that would enable us to cross the sea, and no one can cross the ocean of this world who is not carried by the cross of Christ. There's so much in this story of the woman at the well that we can reflect on. But today what I want to notice, what I want us to notice is simply this. Jesus draws near to us in our mundane everyday lives. We attempt to satisfy a sense of longing with food, with entertainment, maybe a new challenge or a holiday. And those things can be good sometimes too. But Jesus sees past those surfacey desires and to this deeper thirst in all our human hearts. It's an ache for the one who made us, for his kingdom to come and to bring redemption to all that is broken and hurting in our world. And here he is, often in the places that we least expect him, as we, like this woman, learn to recognize him. Could this be the Christ, she testifies? Slowly but surely his kingdom is coming, like an outpouring of water on a dry and hurting land. And we can learn to pay attention to his presence and we can learn that our our own relentless need for his living water. I invite you today to take a few minutes to pay attention to the longings in your own heart. If you can, close your eyes right where you are. Feel your feet placed on the ground, the weight of your legs, the beat of your heart. Are you thirsty? In Lent, we give up things and we hold back from things we normally do in order to make space in our lives. And this space often helps us pay attention, to take stock. In the extra space, we become aware of the hunger and thirst in our lives. And as we stay in that space of attention, we begin to discern what it is that we hunger and thirst for. In recent months, those of us in the UK For those of us based in the UK, there has been a growing hunger and yearning for the end of lockdown, a longing to be reunited with family and friends, for our quiet home-based days to be filled again with the hustle and bustle of normal life, with the people we love in the flesh. The last year, in all its lack and sorrow, has collectively brought to our attention the suffering of our world. The world is not as it should be. We cannot escape that reality. And as I too long for lockdown to ease, I'm aware there's a deeper yearning in this season growing in my spirit. There's a desire for healing and justice, a redemption that will not be remedied by a return to normal routine or even an eradication of this pandemic. It's a longing for the kingdom, for the king who comes and says he will forgive our transgressions, he will heal our deformities, He will wipe away the tears from our eyes and place the lonely in homes. He will make all things new. So this Lenten season, I extend an invitation to you to pay attention to the ache, the holy discontent, a hunger for the one who gives his very life for us to be sustained. And as we do, let's turn our eyes towards him, Jesus, the one who truly satisfies Let us learn to regularly turn towards and seek out his presence in our day-to-day lives, like our lives depend on it, knowing that he is the place where our thirst is quenched. 
those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the secure place where we put our hope for the redemption of us and our world. Teach us to turn towards you, to recognize and participate in your kingdom coming, even now. Amen.